We often all find ourselves stuck in a rut, trying to figure out the best ways to navigate life. This podcast is bringing you lots of growth, authenticity, love, kindness, strength, and lots and lots of bliss. Welcome to Blissful Love. I'm your host, Deb McMahon, and I am so excited to have you here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Blissful Love with Deb McMahon. And I have my dear friend, Andrew, on the show today. Welcome to Blissful Love, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so excited. I always like to thank the social media gods for connecting me with such like-minded and beautiful people because social media can get really, really... um heavy at times and it's really nice to see the lightness of it all so when i find people like andrew on social media i'm like okay this is why this is why i stay on here so thank you for reaching out and thank you for just being another light in the instagram world what made you feel blissful today or how did you propel your love like something really nice that you did for someone or maybe something that you did for yourself in love so can you think of anything to answer those two questions? I recently talked to my friend Guinevere. She's mm-hmm. uh, one of the founders of Colors of Love, which is um, a festival that they do around the world. And um, she recently got in a, a car incident. And um, I was just kind of just reminding her like, hey, everything's going to be okay. Mm. And, uh, you know, for me, it's cultivating this self-compassion this self-acceptance of you know if i was in this situation what would i be needing right now and sometimes it's literally just someone just there to listen to and someone there just to be like remind me that hey you know everything's going to be okay yeah that's beautiful it's it's so hard to when we're in those situations to believe that but when we have someone who strongly believes that in faith and through faith in our ear telling us those things and reminding us those things it makes it a little bit easier so that's really nice and special that she had you in that moment because that can be we think when those things happen to us we think like okay this is it our lives are over how am i going to afford this what am i going to do and we start spiraling in our minds so having that reassurance from someone like hey everything's going to be all good like you'll get through this i'm here for you it's so important to have that so that's really special well thank you for sharing that what made you feel blissful today? Is there anything that made you feel extra blissful? I'm sure talking to your friend made you feel that way. But. I would say looking out of uh, looking out my patio today. Mm. Today uh, it's been full on rain, and a type of rain here in Southeast Asia where you don't really leave the house. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't go on your motorbike to go to the fruit stand because it's. It's pouring down. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, just um, just in awe of, of that. Yeah, cleansing. Cleansing everything away. I love the rain, honestly. And I feel like people always think that I'm so crazy when I say that. They're like, what do you mean you love the rain? I'm like, it's cleansing. <laughs> it's getting rid of everything and bringing all new things. But, yeah, no, I love the rain. I can actually hear it, and it sounds so peaceful. It sounds like... It sounds like one of those like sound machines. Like it does not sound real. <laughs> so crazy. So, okay, Andrew, thank you for answering those so much. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started your business with Cow King and just give us all the goods and information about you. Cool. So my name is Andrew Steven Annunciation and 
I like to think that my hero's journey started over 10 years ago um, when my dad told me, hey, you're a man now, time to move out of the house. And I was 18 years old, still in high school. Wow. And that's when I started becoming spiritual. Mm. I was super desperate. I was in a place of, you know, didn't really have a job, didn't have money, didn't have a girlfriend. You know, these thoughts in my head of like, okay, I'm going into survival. What, what means, what resources do I have? Mm-hmm. And I was just praying and trying to connect with God and crying and was in this desperate space and was like, what do I do? And I just heard this voice, this, this voice, this feeling in my stomach, like go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was kind of set off and it led me to a space of um, needing to forgive. I was in a space of bitterness and realized it was really eating me up. And from this experience, I became a personal trainer. Um, I was a fitness And then from there, I went to Hawaii, and I was super inspired by the spirit of aloha and sharing and wanted to have something to share and started sharing cacao. And I noticed how it raised the vibe like, Devin, not one notch, but 10. So crazy. And yeah, from there, I set off traveling the world, sharing cacao, met the indigenous people in Central America. And uh, that continued to lead me out to traveling the world, sharing cacao, Mexico, Canada, throughout USA, uh, Central America, Turkey, and now here in Southeast Asia. And since this whole uh, quote-unquote pandemic happened, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I've been here in Southeast Asia and away from family and friends in uh, California in the US. Okay, so that's where you're, were you um, like raised in California? Is that where you're from? So I spent most of my life in California growing up. Okay, cool. So you've been just in Southeast Asia totally since the pandemic. You haven't (laughs) been home at all? Correct, yeah, I've been here since last last year of March. Wow, okay, that's amazing. What has it been like over there during this time? Has it been better than here I'm sure right yeah I think so yeah Um, you know I'm on an island in the Gulf of Thailand okay so you know there's not I'm not first off I'm not faced with like millions of people right Um, I live on like a two-lane road like one way straight one way the other way Wow and you know I have a motorbike and a scooter there's not a lot of cars Mm -hmm. so you know, the lifestyle, I would say, is more simply, more simpler, especially where I came from, like in the city life. Oh, totally. And uh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. So I know before I brought Andrew on Blissful Love, he sent me a little bio of himself, which was really helpful for me to have. And one of the things that really stuck out to me most that I feel like connects a lot with Blissful Love and everything that we talk about is his mental health and how he has totally transformed all of that. So, Andrew, if you are comfortable, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about where you were at with your mental state and how far you have come and what, how you think that your mental health and spirituality really connects. Hmm. Cool, let's <laughs> dive into it. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, 
I would say, you know, it really started when I was, I would say, around 16 years old. Um, I was looking for love. I was trying to understand what love was. Um, my parents would say, I love you, I love you. And I'm just like, man, if you guys treat me like this and saying I love you, I'm like, how can I believe that? Mm -hmm. How can I, how can I really know even what love is? If, if this is love and you're yeah. treating me like this, like, I'm like, I'm not, I, I became very confused. Mm -hmm. And so this led me to really looking for love in, in external places, um, sex, parties, ecstasy, getting drunk, seeking popularity, people pleasing. And I was like, wow, all this for what? Just mm -hmm. to really discover what love is. And in that place, it really led me through depression. And I think uh, doing ecstasy at such a young age, at like 16, it really did something to my to my mind. I was mm -hmm. smoking. I was also heavily into smoking marijuana, and and I was drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of these things, you know, at an early age, it it kind of messed my perhaps chemistry in my brain, and yeah. So what I found was, you know, during that whole place and trying to discover what love was I realized that I had a lot of bitterness toward my father mm -hmm. how he treated me you know him I grew up with him being like my role model and then and then I kind of feel like just this complete hatred and frustration toward him which just basically led to death eating me up mm -hmm. you know um you know, people say like hate is like drinking a bottle of poison and like thinking the, it's gonna it's actually hurting the other person. Mm -hmm, but um, you're only hurting yourself. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so that led me to uh, yeah. Like I said earlier, I got kicked out when I was 18. I was praying to God and trying to find a connection, and that's when I was like, boom. Okay, mm -hmm. there is there is some sort of divine essence. If I'm in this space of complete utter desperation don't know what to do with my life and i'm literally seeking out to this presence and i get something like i literally receive some information and i acted upon that and how that changed my life and then from there i was clawing out of this black hole of like help me mm -hmm. like i still needed help yeah like it wasn't just like god what should i do with yeah. my life it was like okay now i know what to do with my life but i still need help <laughs> yeah. uh, like I got some direction, I, I kind of see the light, but it looks really far away. Yeah. And that's when I was just scratching for, for anything, anyone. And that led me to Zig Ziglar, which is a motivational speaker. Um, I started listening to him every day, morning, workout, it, while I was taking a shower. And he would say that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. Mm. And... I heard that so many times, I started just being grateful, grateful for everything, the challenges, the hard times, you know, the feelings, you know, just whatever I could think about. Mm -hmm. And combined with exercise, I would say those were like the two biggest things that probably helped me. Wow. And, and for the spiritual aspect, I had joined a church at that time and I was 
and after having that spiritual experience of where I was praying to God and heard a voice and this voice God was like go to Arizona and I was living <laughs> in California and I'm 18 years old and I move out to Arizona with a thousand dollars and a bag of clothes <laughs> and I'm like okay here I am Arizona and <gasps> you know it, it 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 really had me to to face life head-on and I am so grateful for one of the things that my dad kind of as a foundation growing up was like this God God mm-hmm. creator divine and I didn't I can't I couldn't say I really had gone through such a desperate point of you know when I was you know a baby till all the way till I was 18 till that desperate point it took me 18 years to finally have this desperation moment to actually seek the divine Mm-hmm. And to have my own experience, not just someone saying, hey, there's a God and hey, there's Jesus and hey, you know, there's love. It was like, no, like, Andrew, I guess I was asking for some sort of moment where I had to figure it out myself. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it. You, you People can tell you and tell you and tell you, but you need to figure it out for yourself. That's the biggest takeaway from this entire portion of our conversation too, you know, like you, people can tell you to be grateful. People can tell you how to feel. People can tell you to go be spiritual and trust and have faith. But unless you have that within yourself and you find that within yourself through those hard times, through those levels of desperation, then you don't have it. You know, you're never going to have it. You're going to be trying to scrape yourself out of that black hole forever. You'll, you'll never get yourself out of it because you don't, actually believe you don't actually hold that wisdom within yourself so oftentimes we have to go through these really hard periods in our life and i believe truly in my soul that people who experience a lot of mental health struggles are the most beautiful people and the most special and sacred people because you have to come out of it right you have to come out of it on the other side and oftentimes people don't which is very sad and obviously a terrible, terrible thing for their friends and family and people around them. But those people that get themselves out of those times of just like terrible, terrible thought processes and all of these things are the most special people. They are able to come out of it and be stronger and so much growth and so much beauty. And it's, you're like a walking example of that for others that those times of your trouble right like your your own family is basically like okay you're 18 here you go 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 figure it out which seems when you hear that you're like wow that's so harsh but honestly that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened in your life because you wouldn't be where you are right now totally 100 percent. so gratitude (laughs) gratitude gratitude exactly you know um yeah that's absolutely beautiful but i i cut you off what were you gonna say you're gonna say and something and it's with these challenges, when when I can go back and actually be grateful for them, then there I believe that's when we start having some sort of transformation. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, the challenge. And then, you know, I go to, through the journey. So it's like I start the journey. There's some sort of conflict. You know, I go around and then I meet some mentors, some coaches, people coming into my life and seeing me and helping me out. And then I circle back around and I realize, wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, dad. Like, right. thank you, mom. Like, thank you for saying, hey, you're 18 and saying, hey, you know, it's time to 
figure out life because without that you know who knows i might just be like a 30 year old person on the couch chilling at my parents house and (laughs) being like i'm not going on my hero's journey right i'm not going out to that calling where life is calling me saying hey andrew it's time to go to hawaii hey andrew it's time to go to colorado hey andrew it's time to go to thailand hey it's time to go to central america and if i would just be like nah i'm sitting here on this couch facebook instagram Mm -hmm. like i'm good right right and it takes like we were saying it takes something deeper inside of you to kind of push you to that level too because you know we all get stuck in routine and comfort and exactly what you were just saying if you hadn't been pushed at a young age you would have been stuck in that level of comfort of just being at home and chilling and being with friends and family and doing the same thing and in the same job and maybe being an athletic trainer and growing your yourself there and not that that is a bad thing like I always try to say to people who are like I I don't really get to travel much and I feel like I'm just doing this and it's like that's not a bad thing that's just exactly what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing in that moment but it's just really amazing to be able to reflect on your life specifically and say like okay that moment when you were 18 that you thought like wow my parents are so harsh and whatever those thoughts were that were going on in your mind it's like now you can reflect and be like wow what a crazy crazy experience that was for you to be able to live and seriously grow through that in every single moment all the places that you've been all the people that you've met starting your own business really being able to find yourself and find your meaning and your purpose here in the human existence it's just so beautiful and i feel like people don't really get to experience that much in these times because I think that we live in such like a sensitive um, environment now where everyone wants to just do things for people. So what Mm. I mean by that is kind of like parents really almost like want to protect their children at all costs because there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, obviously. Mm. So I feel like that push to kind of get your children out there into the world from from my point of view seems less and less than what it was when we were younger Mm -hmm. and honestly it's sad because there's so much out there and there's so much good out there but even through that there's so much good within ourselves that we can't find from just being stagnant from where we grew up in talking to the same people that we've always known in only experiencing our just our own family that we grew up into it's like that's not really who we learn most things from in life. Like you were saying about foundation, right? You learn these things from your dad foundationally, but you were able to take that and grow through that and with that. But if we just stay there, that's all we'll ever know. You know, and like, you know, when you have conversations with people as an adult and whatever your parents thought and ingrained in you, you're like, wait a second, I never really looked at it that way. I never really like perceived things that way. But it's interesting because you were raised differently and you had a different environment than me. So obviously you have a different perspective and then you grow through that because then you take a little piece of that with you. So it's like, if we just stay on our parents' couch until we're 30 years old and we never move around, our perspective is very, very minimal. Mm -hmm. So it's really beautiful to hear like all the different places too that you've been because now you hold such a powerful perspective in all angles, all aspects, you know, which has helped you become who you are right now. Oh, <laughs> so beautiful. So I, another thing, too, that 
I wanted to talk about a little bit with you, Andrew, is just about burnout. And so I talked yeah, last week about totally. burnout in the workplace. So I wanted to kind of change it a little bit to burnout within ourselves and our spirituality, because I have found with myself and my practice and my routine and some of my dearest friends who are also on their spiritual journey that it can, yeah. it can kind of become a little, a little too routine at times. And it can mm. almost like burn you out in your, in your own mind almost. So kind of mm. what I mean by that is like, I, I was setting this very tight schedule for myself and my spirituality and I would wake up in the morning and I would set an intention. I would write in my gratitude journal. I would meditate. I would do a yoga flow. I would go outside barefoot. And all of these things were so great, obviously. But instead of just doing them naturally throughout the day organically, I was like setting mm. myself up for failure by being like, okay, I have to mm. wake up extra early so that I have time to do these things before I go to work. Because if I don't, then I'm not being spiritual. And it was, mm. that, that is obviously such a negative way to view things. And I didn't realize that it was because I was so invested in this routine. And so with that came burnout because I was like, wow, this is too much. Like this is overwhelming for me. I feel so exhausted from this. I, I don't know if I'm meant for this. I don't know if this is what I should be doing. Is this calling me or am I forcing it? So I don't know if you have any sort of experience with that, but I thought that that would be mm -hmm. something interesting that we could talk about and how to kind of like avoid that spiritual and that inner burnout, how, what we can do for ourselves that is still practicing and still allowing ourselves to grow and develop <clears throat> on that spiritual journey and that spiritual route without feeling like, oh, this is too much and I feel like I'm forcing it. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, a good place to start is talking about, uh, like, say, a morning practice or a morning routine. So, <clears throat> for me, with the studying that I've done, Devin, mm -hmm. you know, one of the most things that I continually see, especially with successful people, people that I, that I aspire to be like, um, they talk about self-discipline, you know, being perhaps the number one um, aspect of being a successful person. Yes. And I see that in, well, especially as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you know, for example, posting on, on Instagram or posting on social media, a continual thing for Cacao King, you know, in my, I might not be feeling it one mm -hmm. day, for example. But if I'm not continually sharing the message of sharing gratitude through Cacao, maybe one person is going to miss out on having the most epic experience with Cacao or chocolate that they've ever had in their life. Yep. And... For me, having a morning practice, having a daily practice for me, it's it's something that allows me to cultivate this self-discipline continually within myself instead of just like kind of kicking back and being like, oh, I'm not sure like, hmm, like I got a farm or a garden. I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if I'm really feeling watering my plants. Mm -hmm. It's like if I'm not watering my plants, what's going to happen? They're going to die. <laughs> you're gonna die so it's like uh you better get to feeling it feeling yeah. watering your plants if you want to survive so you know it's it's this continual thing of like 
I think I used to think like, oh, I'm not feeling inspired. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling motivated. I don't know if I'll do it. It's like, no, you got to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I got to do it first to feel motivated, mm-hmm. to feel inspired. Mm-hmm. To Then what also came up to me was while you were speaking, Devin, is why am I doing it? Right. Why am I doing this daily practice? Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, I have been trying to find my perfect morning practice daily practice of what works for me and it went all sorts of ups and downs right because i'm like okay how long do i meditate oh i'll do you know five minutes i'm like oh maybe 20 minutes and i'm like oh i want to like really go for it (laughs) and you know these i think finding this this daily practice i think it it has to come with self-compassion self-acceptance of may it's okay to make mistakes Mm -hmm. for example hey um you know i'm trying to find a daily practice and i'm like okay i'm just gonna go for like 20 minutes every day i've never meditated before so i'm just sitting there and like 20 minutes and i'm like yeah it's like it's like okay like if you're like struggling like that like why are you meditating yeah okay well i want to have a i want to have a peace of mind like Okay, maybe start maybe five minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, and just do five minutes for, you know, say seven days. Right. So then you're kind of cultivating something where it's like little things, little steps, and you're seeing if it works for you. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, um, you know, did you ever, were you ever in school when you took science and you did experiments? Oh, yeah. And like hypothesis and stuff is I, I you know my guess it's gonna this is gonna yeah. happen or that's gonna happen and maybe you're wrong or right yeah. and it didn't matter because it was about having that hypothesis it was just this is my guess mm-hmm. so I would say really to explore this you know this kind of self-discipline or this morning practice as like a hypothesis mm-hmm. as like in a fun exploration of like you know I don't know if this is gonna work but I'm gonna try it Yes. And you go for it and you're like, oh, maybe it doesn't work. And then you kind of reevaluate. You go back and say, okay, wh- why am I cultivating this practice? Mm-hmm. So beautiful. And you're so right because honestly, like everything in life, there's going to be days where you're like, I'm not feeling it. Just like you were saying about watering your plants. It's like, it's not meant for us to wake up every day and be feeling. And that's why it's a practice. That's why it's a ritual. That's why it's a routine. That's why it's called growth and journey, because it's not always going to be easy. It's going to take its turns. It's going to mess up. Sometimes it's going to look different. It's going to be wild. We're going to be fidgeting while we're meditating and that's all part of it. And that's beautiful. And I think the burnout aspect comes into it when we start getting into our own minds about it and start being hard on ourselves about it and being like, oh, this is a chore and this is something that I'm not even really good at and I don't feel like is meant for me. We start really talking down Mm -hmm. on ourselves and it's important in those moments to continue on with it because that's what's going to help us and create that love within. If we fall off of it in that moment of burnout and being like, shoot, I hate this. I hate this routine. I hate that I have to constantly wake up and do this and put these things first instead of just sitting on the couch and watching TV with coffee. If we fall off from that, that's when we find ourselves back in that darkness, right? And we're away from the light because the light is the things that are helping us, pushing us, helping us succeed and grow. And we're not going to grow through comfort. We're going to grow through discomfort. So that's really beautiful and i think that that's a great explanation too of how you talked about like even yourself how different your own 
practice has become because someone like you who's really living this entire experience you know like you've you've lived in many different places and you've really put yourself first in the aspect of your spiritual journey and all the things that you really want to do to take care of yourself and help yourself grow so coming from you even hearing you say oh i've been on the same i've been on the same playing field as you before like you know my my routine looks different and I'm like what isn't working what's working so it's important to remind ourselves that it's not just us it's not us that's feeling that way it's everyone everyone that's practicing this and doing this you know yeah and and you know talking about this morning practice it's like okay why am I doing this you know number one it's like meditation is helps me to bring awareness Mm -hmm. you know Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm coming from you know living in the city, living in this hustle bustle nine to five, zoom zoom zoom, and right. I'm not aware of really what's going on in this human organism. Yeah, it's like okay, if I can sit with myself and just just kind of see and observe and notice what's going on, then I might also have the moments and time to actually know what I'm passionate about. Totally, what I'm actually thinking, and what maybe is the next step for me to move forward. Totally, totally. I agree. And I live in Boston, so I can totally relate to the hustle and bustle. And it's like, it's crazy from I have, I am a Reiki practitioner and in my little office, it's like so quiet and sacred and it's in the basement of this building. So when I'm in there, I feel like I'm so away from everything. So when I step outside and I need to go home, I'm like, oh Mm. my God, it is loud out here. I feel like I am disconnected from my body right now. This is crazy. Mm. So it's really important for me to go home and be able to cultivate that awareness, like you're saying, and step out of all of that and find, find myself within because it doesn't really matter your environment, which I'm growing to, I'm grow I'm mm. growing to learn, but it's hard to, it's hard to really learn that because my fiance and I are often talking about how we want to move to Montana and kind of just like move around different places in the U S and explore and mm. all this stuff. And it's like, what is my intention of that? Again, we come back to that intention. What is my reasoning for that? Am I doing that to find happiness? Am I doing that to find growth? somewhere else no i might be at times but it's more important for me to find that within so no matter where i am if i'm in the desert if i'm in boston if i'm in california anywhere i am i need to be able to find that awareness cultivate it within so that i can grow and learn just within myself i don't need this external environment to do that and that's one thing too that i'm finding is like a trend right now with people in their Mm. late 20s, early 30s, you know, they're trying to move and find happiness in all these different external places. And it's like, obviously, nature is beautiful. And the universe is so beautiful. And there's so many amazing places to explore. But it's the intention of Mm -hmm. why we're doing that, right? Just like you were saying, which kind of brings us back to that cacao stuff. It's like, that cacao stuff, listen to me. (laughs) But it's Mm. it's so true. It's like when you drink that cacao in the morning, like what is the intention behind this? Like it's all intentional. It's everything that you put into that is all about the intention. So, you know, what are you what are you cultivating within yourself? What are some things that you want to get out of this? What are some things that you want to get out of your day and your practice? Mm And then you can start to explore deeper and say, okay, where am I right now in my life? What am I doing right now? What am I doing that might be causing this burnout feeling? Maybe it's not my morning routine. Maybe it's some other things going on. Maybe it's my job. Maybe it's the fact that I don't slow down at all during the day. I don't take that 10 minute walk outside during my break. And it becomes like this kind of like this, like this 
circle that just keeps spinning and you keep going around it and you're like okay I, I think I reached one point but now I keep going and that's what life is it's going to keep spinning and it's going to keep taking you in these directions and then it kind of becomes like this sphere so you're going in different directions but you're still spinning and it's just really beautiful and if we just always resort back to that state of gratitude like you were saying earlier then it won't feel as heavy and you won't feel that deep of a burnout instead you'll be able to learn from that experience and grow from it and take things away from it and change things up and it's okay to change things up i think that's the thing that gets people people get stuck in it in that routine and that thing that they're supposed to be doing and it's almost like they have a list with like check boxes and they're like okay check i did this part of my morning routine check 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 and then if they skip something it's like oh shoot, but I didn't complete the whole thing. So now I'm a failure. Now my day is not going to be as great as I wanted it to be. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, the, the words that are coming up for me is letting go. Yes. Yes. Letting go. And that's a huge thing for me, for a lot of people I know that listen to Blissful Love, for a lot of my friends who are on the spiritual, spiritual journey is letting go. And honestly, releasing and letting go, I think is the hardest thing that I've experienced in being a human because there's so many things that are thrown at us constantly, whether it's like conflict with others, things that happen in your mm. family, things that happen at work, things that happen just in your daily life. Like, you know, you're in your car and all of a sudden someone's beeping at you, like all these different things that we're constantly holding on to. And it's like, why, why, why can't we just release and let these things go? You know, you know, I want to confess something, you know, it's talking about this letting go. You know, I'm 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 the owner and founder of a worldwide cacao company, Cacao right. King, which I'm so grateful that I found you through. Mm -hmm. And you know, me I've been kind of portrayed as the Cacao King. Mhm. Mm wow, like I'll be uh, going to festivals, being around, you know, a bunch of people and be like, "Look, it's the Cacao King." And I'm <laughs> running around the community and the city, "Oh, it's Cacao King." Hey, I'll be at a party, "Hey, Cacao King." <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden, I'm being called to work with men and kind of show men and teach women and coach women about things that are even unrelated to cacao. And it's like, okay, Andrew, it's time to let go of this whole cacao king identity. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but it feels so good. Like I've worked all this hard work to mm -hmm. cultivate this and wow, people love it. And, and it's just like, but this isn't who you are. This is a piece. Right. This is a piece of who you are, but you can let that go because that doesn't identify who you really are. Right. That's just a piece. So I just want to confess that, you know, you're not the only one and whoever's listening, you're not the only one that, that goes through this challenge of letting go. Yes, truly. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it's important to know and to hear that from other people too because it can feel so lonely you know, when you're holding on to something that you know, like you shouldn't really be holding on to, it can feel lonely and it feels like maybe not other people can relate to you or understand or also feel that way. And as you go on this, this journey too, and you become more aware of people who are like-minded, it, it, it becomes almost harder because then you start surrounding yourself with people who inspire you instead of people who might be pulling you back. So those people who are inspiring you are almost like put on a pedestal in your mind and you think that they can do no wrong and you think that they don't go through these experiences anymore and they've hit this peak of like, I am the spiritual master and I, 
I have mastered life and all of these things. And it's like, no, that's just not the case. And it's constant death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth. And I think we need to really keep that in mind with everything that we do. And that when we hit those points of time where we're like, oh, I'm really holding on to this thing, being able to recognize that and just take it for what what it is instead of being so hard on ourselves about it, you know? You know, you you nailed it on the head, Devin, about bringing the awareness. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't let go of something, number one, if I can't even see it, how am I able to even let it go? Right. And I believe, you know, that's that may be the first step or that next step for you or anyone breaking through through a transformation. Mm -hmm. Because again, as that cycle goes, death and rebirth, if we're about to die and we're still holding on, how can we be reborn again and go to the next chapter, go to the next phase, the next business idea, the next job, the next house, the next traveling plans? You know, it's like we're i don't know maybe it's just me but maybe there's just like oh there's just infinite amount of physical space and you know it's like well sometimes i got to give away my clothes to get new clothes right sometimes i got to clean my house get out the dirt sometimes i gotta get rid of some old stuff to bring in the new right but if i'm not aware that the dirt's there or i have old clothes you know it's how can i how do i even know that i need to let it go totally a hundred percent i couldn't agree with you more it's and letting go isn't necessarily an easy thing it's definitely something that we have to continue to practice and again be aware of so that we can even get to that point of allowing ourselves to let go because sometimes it's things that we're not ready to let go of and that's okay too allowing ourselves that space to recognize that and be so aware of that like hey i'm just not ready for this and i'm gonna work at it and and i'm gonna reach this point but i'm just not ready to let go yet that's okay and we need to respect that within ourselves because if we don't have that trust within ourselves like hey i'm gonna trust that you're gonna bring me to this point when you're ready like i know we can do it together mind body soul like you're never going to get there because your your body is going to continue to hold on to these things. And sometimes our minds forget about the things that we're trying to let go because our mind let it go, but our soul and our body is still holding on to it. We have that those tense feelings in our shoulders and we're not completely sitting up straight all the time and something's really like weighing on us physically. And it's it's in those moments that we really have to tune in and cultivate that awareness again, like can't stress it enough. And understand what it is that we're holding on to and grasping for you know Mm. so it's a lot it's a heavy topic of burnout and feeling like feeling that inner spiritual burnout i want to call it i guess because that's that's what it feels like it's like anything that you are cultivating within yourself i i consider spirituality because that is spirituality is you 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 are the spirituality so I guess that's what we can call it, spiritual burnout. And it can look different for people. It can come in waves. I feel like for me, it comes in waves. Sometimes I'm really coasting. I'm doing really well. I'm really listening to myself, cultivating that awareness. And then all of a sudden it like, it hits me. And honestly, it it happens a lot around this time of year. The holidays are hard. You're seeing a lot of different people Mm -hmm. taking in a lot of different energies, a lot of different opinions from people. Hey, why aren't you doing this? I heard you went to school for this. Are you using this degree? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? A lot of um, pressures, pressures of social norms and all those things. And that's when 
the awareness of like, what am I doing? Who am I can really come into play. And I've been hearing that theme a lot lately when I've been listening to podcasts and reading books is like, who am I? And not like, oh, I am a teacher. Or I am a nurse. It's like, who are you really? Who are you inside? Who is that person? Who, who is it? And people say that it takes a lifetime to figure it out. So we're just all getting to that point together. And for me, surrounding myself with people who think this way and can have these conversations is a really big part of it all and helps me break out of that burnout and that feeling of like, I'm not good enough for this because it gets you going, you know, it's like, it's like a high. It's like, wow, this, this all makes sense. This all is falling in place. Now I can, now I can picture the goal that I want because of something that this person said to me, like, it's like these little nuggets that you can take away from all, all of these great people and these great conversations. And that's really why I started Blissful Love because every time I have these conversations with people, it's like, eye-opening it's crazy to me that having a conversation with someone how much you can learn from it it's absolutely bizarre i'm like i feel like i've learned so much in these past two years of having this podcast of just having half an hour conversations with people and it's really beautiful (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's beautiful Devin. and one thing that i want to touch upon is when you were sharing about that theme of who i am Mm -hmm. um I would like to touch upon this because this is a a really important topic for me. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is because it's been so challenging for me to really just sit with myself and to feel. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure maybe, I don't know if it's perhaps just like a more of a, a theme for men, but for me, I didn't, I wasn't taught about like, it's okay to feel emotions, you know, I was pretty much kind of on the opposite spectrum of programming of like, it's not okay to cry, breathe into it, right? Don't show emotions and things Mm -hmm. like that. And for me, you know, one of the the teachers that I I went recently went to this training, uh, Sherry Huber, she talks about unconditional self acceptance. And it's so amazing of when I'm able to just sit with myself, feel the feelings, mm-hmm. see, notice what triggers them, what, what, what's the thing that brings that emotional emotion up, and can I just be okay, right, with that emotion, without reacting, mm-hmm. and this is what I find also is meditation is so crucial because it brings awareness of okay, this is an emotion that I'm feeling. This is what triggered it. Can I be okay with it? And from there, from that being okay, then I can then have awareness to respond to the thing that's triggering that emotion instead of reacting. Right. Because I've been taught, as my teacher Zig Ziglar would say, responding is positive, reacting is negative. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in some sort of situation with someone and I'm feeling something, I'm starting to feel angry and frustrated, can I accept that I feel that and not react in the way that it may actually hurt that person? Right. Maybe I, I may I may reactly say something that might hurt that person. And for me, it's how can I live a life where I'm responding to life and not reacting? Mm. 
That's beautiful. Wow. That's a hard thing too. Being a reactive person is, is definitely something that I think we all kind of have within us as just like self-defense, right? And being aware of that and being able to say, okay, I'm going to feel this, allow this to kind of soak in, and then I'm going to respond, which is so, that's such a better way to put it rather than I don't want to react, I want to respond. And once we find that, we, we truly become a better person because I find like the hardest thing for me is when a family member or a really close friend is coming to me with like either constructive criticism or a problem that they have or whatever. And I immediately like get upset because I don't want to hurt anyone that I love. Right. So I react yeah. and it's like, well, now I just made it worse. Now I just reacted in a place that wasn't coming from love. It was coming from defense mode so now i am not yeah. actually feeling these emotions and letting them sit and responding i'm making the problem worse so that's really beautiful mm -hmm. that's a that's a great thing to practice and to become very aware of and allow ourselves to sit with that too and think about how we can change our perspective on these things too like in this moment how can i change the way that i'm viewing the person that is giving this constructive criticism or having this conflict with me or whatever how can i change the way that i'm viewing them instead of instead i can look at them and say like thank you i'm grateful that you came to me with this message because you're helping me or you're helping my growth you're allowing me the opportunity to sit with these feelings right so it all comes full circle back to that gratitude and one of my teachers would say devin is that the emotions aren't the difficulty mm -hmm. the mind is not the difficulty but being separated, mm -hmm. that's the difficulty. Oh, totally. And for me to remember that and to know that, hey, if I am truly one with everything, if me and this person is the same, then I can truly have self-compassion, self-acceptance, and I can also put myself in their shoes and say, hey, I wonder how they're feeling right now. Right. Maybe they're needing some, someone to listen to. Right. And if I'm allowing these emotions and the, the, the mind and the thoughts to kind of separate me from me and this other person, then that might be the difficulty. Right. Totally. I couldn't agree more. And I'm so, so grateful, Andrew, for this conversation and for having you on Blissful Love because we need to have more honest and open conversations with people like this who are willing to also give us a little piece and insight as to where they came from, because I think that's the most important thing for people when they're starting their spiritual journeys or they're really starting to grow and learn more about themselves. And it can become lonely, it can become frustrating, it can become really scary, especially when we're seeing these great people that we follow, you know, people like people like you on Cacao King or people like Gabby Bernstein or all these great authors and stuff. And it's like, how, how can I ever become like this person? And instead of trying to compare ourselves in that sense, it's really nice to hear people like you come on and say like, hey, this isn't where I started. You know, it took a lot of hard work and determination. I'm still getting there. I'm still cultivating that awareness. I'm still every day practicing these things. And that, that can be a lot a lot lighter for people to hear and to be able to acknowledge and say, hey, okay, I understand now that this is a journey. This is not something that is just ever going to stop. And I'm going to hit that peak of 
of greatness or whatever you want to call it. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Blissful Love. It has been such a beautiful conversation and I am so grateful to have you as a friend now. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Devin. Yes, of course.